Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker, too. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are inferior films. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is Inside the Sequel with your host, as always, I am Chris. I won't give you my last name because I don't want to defame myself once I inevitably uh, get canceled by film Twitter by calling out the wrong person and my employers being notified that I wrote a, run a podcast and we talk about such vulgar and uh, insensitive topics. Um, but now this is inside the sequel where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love or attention. I say that every week and um, it's hard to weigh on my mental stress. Um, if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome. Um, I hope you're enjoying this ASMR session of the recording of this episode. Uh, if you were tuning in from last week, I hope you really enjoyed our last episode where we talked with Anthony Buziak of The Terror Table and we talked about, well, we attempted to talk about Hell House LLC 2, the Abendale Hotel, but we inevitably just started talking about uh, WWE wrestling. Um, how people who buy Blu-rays pretend to like the movies that they're buying. There is a Barnes & Noble Criterion sale right now, and uh, I see a lot of stacks and I see a lot of haul videos um, of movies that I know nobody's going to watch, including myself. And uh, I'm just really glad to be a part of the culture of that all. I hope to one day be the serial at midnight um, leader of like buying movies and never watching them. I aspire to be that, and I think I'm on my way there. Um... Again, this is maybe the most sad and depressing excuse of our podcast, and somehow I've made friends and people support it. I don't know how we're continuing that trend, but I'm glad we're doing it. And uh, if you're wondering, hey, Chris, I saw um, that Inside the Sequel had its lineup for the month, and today was supposed to be National uh, Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. That is correct. Today's episode was supposed to be on that, but due to circumstances uh, beyond my control, that episode has been postponed and hopefully will be up to date on another month's uh, lineup. Um, but today, um, by the van voting on Twitter, the whole five people who listen to the podcast consistently, and I have a good feeling who those five people are, um, I'll just name it off the dome right now. I have a feeling it's uh, Anthony Buziak, Boozy, it's probably him. Um, it's probably Steph Epler because she just feels so sorry for me that she has to support everything like a mom usually would. Um, at least that's what my mom always did. Uh, and then I have a third feeling it's going to be Lindsay uh, Wilkins of the Schlock and All podcast. Uh, for number four, it's going to be Matt Bledsoe because I don't know why he thinks I'm funny, but he thinks I am. So I think that's part of the reason why I keep going with it. So I know he probably voted to have this one done today and then the last one i don't know i feel like we're growing and uh i feel like i feel like chris stockman really came through for the lot for the boy i feel like chris stockman really gave us that fifth vote to tell us what he wanted to do tonight and uh i was really hoping he would vote for garfield too a tale of two kitties but i guess he's a man of impeccable taste and wanted to know more about my dark and disturbing um, film watches of my childhood which is today's episode we are talking about the top five films 
sequel films uh, of my childhood. And uh, I have curated them all where we'll go step by step through each of the five because five is my favorite number for movie ranks. And um, just kind of give some backstory onto my life and what these movies are a part of um, just my life in this. And if you don't like the ASMR, I'm really sorry. This is the one and only time I'll do it because I feel like we won't have another episode after this just based on the outrage. I feel like the only three people that listen to this consistently will be like, that's the last straw. He barely has a functioning YouTube channel and this podcast is his only outlet. This is where we got him. This is where he never puts out another one again. Unless somehow this one gets some sort of buzz, which I doubt it does. Usually the ones that just have me on there only has um, two people who tuned in to download the episode. One of them's me, and then the other one, I think by obligation, was my mother. Um, but let's just let's just get into it. Also, um, if you like this episode, please give it a like. Um, share it with your friends. Don't tell them about it. Just share it with them. They'll think it's spam and ignore it, but at least the word's getting out there. Um, also... We will be posting um, our next month's lineup episodes, um, same day this episode goes up, so look out for that on the sequel pod, uh, inside the sequel Twitter, cha- um, I guess, page. Uh, but yeah, let's just get into it. Um, I've gone through a lot of things in my personal life on top of drinking an obscene amount of alcohol for today's episode, and I'm still functioning with words, so Cinema Drunkie, if you're listening, invite me to your new pa- uh, Wrath, of Stath- Wrath of Statham podcast. Either way, I am hoping to be on there at some point. I'm just plugging myself to be a part of these bigger podcasts that I have no business being a part of. Um, but let's get into it. Um, so there's going to be, for number one, we're going to be talking about Spy Kids 3D from 2003. Your sister's missing. The third movie. Julie, what do you know about a new video game called Game Over? I know that just about every kid in the world is going to sign on and play it. Well, not if we can help it. The game is a trap. The third mission. Put on these glasses, and you'll enter the world of the game. You go in, find your sister, help her shut down the game in 12 hours, or it's game over for everyone. The third dimension. Because this time... You're part of the adventure. Spy Kids 3D, game over. Hold that for a drink. So, top five sequel movies of my childhood. We're going to start with uh, Spy Kids 3D from 2003. So, the reason it's on here is not only because I absolutely love this movie and it's fucking amazing. And if anybody disagrees with me, they just maybe didn't have a happy childhood. Um, But Spy Kids 3D was the first 3D movie I ever watched. And for me, when you bought the DVD, God bless my grandmother, she bought the DVD and it had the security tabs on the side of the case. So like when you opened it, you had to flip those two uh, vertical tabs. You had to flip those open before you can even open the case. It wasn't a normal one. And then inside there, you had the 2D and 3D version of this movie. And then you also got the 3D glasses with those. Now, let me just say, car rides with the TV in the car, we were bougie that way, were the insane car rides. I watched this movie so many times. The 3D effects were top-notch for its time. Robert Rodriguez, the man who did El Mariachi, the guy who did Desperado, and who showed me some of my earliest boobs with Selma Hayek, he brought me joy with this Spy Kids 3D movie from 2003. Mind you, off right, I think this was right after Lord of the Rings Return of the King, so I thought nothing could get better than that. And then I saw this movie, my first 3D film, and uh, I liked the Spy Kids movies. They were on TV a lot. They were really popular. And when I watched Spy Kids 3D... Um, 
I just it was just a blend of so many things I loved. It had it it was all based around this video game, which was great because I was I was I'm, even to this day I'm a huge video game fan. So like to see a movie based around a video game, I thought that was so cool. It had Elijah Woods from the Lord of the Rings movie who played Frodo. Of course, that's gonna be like a staple of why this movie is gonna be goaded. And then, respectfully, Sly- Sylvester Stallone is in this movie. And I grew up watching Rocky and Rambo, and I thought Sylvester Stallone, like, I wanted him to be my dad. Like, I wanted him to be my rich dad who neglected me and said, Hey, yo, kid, you do a really good kid. Like, just keep going to school, kid. You know, uh, just don't be punchy, kid. Hey, yo, hey, we should probably injure that. You know, like, I wanted him to be my dad. Like, I thought that would have been the coolest thing in the world. Um, and then another big thing is, um, growing up, I'm a, I'm Hispanic. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm Mexican. Spy Kids is like the Power Rangers for us. Like I liked Power Rangers, but like Spy Kids just like, there was a, there was just a vibe with, uh, Spy Kids 3D and being a Hispanic kid growing up. I can't explain it if you're Caucasian. I'm not blaming you if you are Caucasian, but, uh, for, for us Hispanic Latino kids out there, Spy Kids 3D, it just really has a special place in our heart. Just like the memes with Sharp Boy and Lava Girl, like we stand those memes for sure on this channel, but like we have a safe space in a safe spot in our heart for those kind of movies. Uh, but yeah, Spike Kids 3D, um, you get the two brothers. The only one I remember is Junie and Alexa Vega, the sister. And uh, they have to go through this world of video games that Sylvester Stallone has created because he wants to trap all the kids in there. It's really kind of weird and maybe gross, but either way, he's just like this gamer creator who wants to take over the world. And the only way to beat him is inside the game. And uh, the game is made impossible to beat. Um, but Junie... Uh, has to be given help by his grandfather who plays Khan in The Wrath of Khan from Star Trek 2, which is a movie I've never seen, but I just know that character based on just historical evidence that that character in that movie exists. Um, he's the grandpa in this movie, and uh, he helps Juni overcome this game, even though Juni was supposed to lose, and there's so many cool people. Um, I don't know, just like so many different parts of this movie that are cool there's like a racing segment there's a mech battle sequence um and then there's like action adventure and this puzzle solve i don't know just just had a lot of things as a kid that i really enjoyed that also pertain to my real life when i was happy because i think the last time i was ever happy was as a kid i'd like to believe so um because I got a blast watching Spike Kids 3D, and I could watch this movie any day of the week, and I could see those fucking frogs on pogo sticks jumping up and down in the video game in that horrible animation style, and I'd have such a good time watching that. If anybody stands Spike Kids 3D, you need to be a guest on this show, because we would have such a good time. The vibes would just stack up right there. Um, let me just talk about Stacked Up for a second, because the cast in these Spike Kids movies are amazing. Robert Rodriguez is just an absolute legend. We talk about modern directors who just absolutely crush it we don't i feel like we don't talk about robert Rodriguez enough the guy did fucking alita battle angel like that was a movie i feel like a lot of people the general mass audiences of moviegoers were shitting on that movie on the trailer alone but it had mahershala ali it had christoph waltz and it was directed by fucking robert rodriguez a cool video game style sci-fi game movie like huh like how is that not gonna get buzzed alita battle angel is one of the movies i stand hard like that movie is fucking amazing i had such amazing time in theater um i'm still waiting on the sequel on that by the way 
But uh, yeah, Spike Kids 3D, the, the the cast, you had Antonio Banderas, you, I mean, like we said, we had, you had Khan from The Rather Can, you had Carla Guinito, who was um, in, she's been popular lately by being in The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, she was also in Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch, which I think is very notable, as well as in Watchmen. She must have, wow, did her and Zack Snyder, like, just have a thing? Man, Zack Snyder's so cool. Uh, but yeah, Carla Guinito was in that, was in the... Uh, spy kids movies and she did so great in those uh, but yeah I, I just can't help but stand um the spy kids movies so that goes that the next movie in my childhood that i that I, the sequel movie i guess in my childhood that i absolutely love we'll stick with it um with uh sylvester stallone talk we're gonna talk about 1982's rocky three now when we fought you had that eye of the tiger man the edge and now you got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? United Artists and Chartoff Winkler proudly present Rocky Three. The worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter, you got civilized. Get out of here, will you? The truth is, we both started out on the same corner, and I got lucky with my life, and it's driving you nuts. Philadelphia salutes its favorite son, Rocky Balboa. Hey, why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? This guy is a wrecking machine. You know, you've got a big mouth. Why don't you come out and close it, Balboa? Come on. I want to fight this guy. You'll fight him without me. Balboa was a fine champion, but his time has passed. See that look in their eyes, Rock? You gotta get that look back, Rock. I the tiger, come on. I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. I'm gonna torture him. I'm gonna crucify him real bad. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, Rock, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough, this jump will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. Well, I don't believe it. There is no tomorrow. It's Rocky's greatest challenge to save his honor, his marriage, and his manhood against his most devastating and dangerous opponent. I'll bust you up. Go for it. Sylvester Stallone. Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, and introducing Mr. T. Rocky Three, an American tradition. Uh, Rocky Three was a movie is my favorite of the Rocky movies, and it was the one I watched the most. People usually go to Rocky Four when we talk about sequels. I think technically Rocky Two is the best sequel, but Rocky Three is amazing you have clubber lang who one is a badass and i think as a kid i loved that clubber lang was so cool and like the way he talked to sylvester stallone there's a car alarm going outside in my parking lot and i think someone's getting robbed but i'm just gonna ignore that um also clubber lang the character himself is from chicago and as someone who's grown up in northern illinois an hour and a half away from chicago i thought that was so cool there were parts in this movie when rocky and club are fighting and i'm rooting for clubber lang like i'm like hometown love you know like shy town forever but um also as a kid growing up this movie had hulk hogan and I thought that was absolutely the best parts of the movie because early in the movie, Rocky's gone through his winning streaks since putting the belt in Rocky too. 
um, and he's fighting like these matches and beating these bums, and then he finally de- de- decides to do a charity event um, where it's the wrestler versus the boxer with Hulk Hogan, and um, this is prime cut Hulk Hogan. This is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Like this is like eat you know eat your vitamins and say your prayers Hulk Hogan like dropping dropping the leg leg drop on like Andre the Giant type like holy shit like this was fucking cool like I don't know if you can hear my excitement right now but this was a fucking an amazing event in my life and Rocky 3 really brought that for me um but yeah Rocky in this movie goes through a lot more than I feel like most I think Rocky goes through the most in this movie since like maybe Rocky the first movie because he overcomes poverty and just like self-deprecation self-appreciation for himself which i totally relate to but in rocky 3 he overcomes obstacles of mental stress mental health where his his relationship with um adrian isn't strong anymore it's he loses um his manager mick he he's just like been told he's the best but he's not really the best and he gets embarrassed on national television he just goes through a lot and uh and the big thing about this movie is it has carl weathers so much in this movie because he helps train rocky and i love carl weathers and i love the apollo creed character and uh to have more of him in this movie was only a a good thing so rocky 3 was really just that movie for me and i love the part where where paulie in the beginning of the movie is like really drunk and he just throws i think it's like a jack daniels which one is a flex because that shit's expensive but he throws it at a pinball game that's based upon rocky the character and i'm like how meta is that but also like holy shit he just threw a bottle of jack at a game because he's pissed off and jealous i was like god i hope that's never me but sometimes i feel like i am the uh the poly of the friend group you know the one yeah we won't get into it but yeah sometimes maybe i am the poly of the group and i feel sad about that anyway let's moving on so rocky 3 is my second um sequel movie as a kid that i absolutely loved next moving on from that we're gonna go to going back to 2003 we're gonna talk about terminator 3 there's a new terminator the tx is designed for extreme combat. It's faster, more intelligent, and more powerful. Oh my god! It has been programmed to destroy other cybernetic organisms. It was sent back through time for one purpose only. To kill us all. back one of the first dvds i remember having and owning terminator 3 along with king kong from 2005 i didn't have very many dvds i had a lot of vhs's though uh terminator 3 for those wondering what i'm drinking it's a vodka tonic but it's caliber um vodka which is like the bottom shelf stuff that costs eight dollars that's what we're drinking Oh, man, cinema drunk. I don't know how you do that. God damn, let's go. Terminator 3, 2003, one of the first early DVDs I had. I love the Terminator movies. 
I uh, watched Terminator 1 so much as a kid. I had it on VHS. Still do, actually. Um, Terminator 2 was like a weird... It was weird. I loved Terminator 2 so much, but I never owned it until I got the 4K as a gift from Daniel in college. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, Terminator 3 I absolutely loved. Um, I love the setup of this movie. Um, it's John Connor is an adult now, and he's still in the present day. He's just always, since from 2 to 3, he's been like carrying this this worry of Skynet taking over and he's been trying to stop Skynet. So he like gets in run-ins with the law. He gets drunk a lot. He's just, he's just not in a good spot. And then we find out that Skynet is starting to get created as a company through the, uh, through the uh, military from the Brewster family and Catherine Brewster, who is a veterinarian runs into uh, John Connor by chance. They get some chemistry. She doesn't like him very much. And then that's when the Terminator starts to show up. Arnold comes with bare ass cheeks, dons a leather jacket, and everything like that. And um, then we get our uh, the female Terminator, who's the I think the only female Terminator in the entire franchise. She's like really cool. She's like can like shape shape shift in a way, and she's not like liquid like in the for second um, like the second adversary, but in this one she's a lot different. Also, she goes around and starts killing people related to John Connor and like Skynet in a way because she wants Skynet to happen. It's uh, it's really crazy and it's really scary. It's actually one of the better sequels. Um, I feel like the first three Terminator movies are great. Um, and then after that, I tend to forget because like, I mean, people don't like Terminator 3, but I really do. And I think Terminator Salvation Genesis, I haven't seen Dark Fate, but those other two, they have no business existing. Like... I don't know why people thought, oh, we'll cast Christian Bale and that will fix the movie. That doesn't fix a movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I haven't seen Ford vs. Ferrari, but just because Christian Bale's in it doesn't make me want to see it anymore or any less. Like, it's just like, okay, like, I saw The Fighter and uh, people were like, Christian Bale was so good, he won an Oscar. But then I'm like, okay, but like, I mean, like, what kind of performance is that for him in The Fighter? I don't think he should have won the Oscar. Why did, th- why did that movie get nominated for a Best Picture? I'm on my bullshit right now. But David O. Russell... He's, he did three, he was hot for like three, for three years, right? He did The Fighter, he did American Hustle, and he did Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook is a great movie. It's amazing. But it doesn't have Christian Bale in it. No. It has fucking Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, and they do great in that. And then he, and then for American Hustle, which was like one of the most nominated movies ever, I get it felt like at least at the Oscars, it's not that good of a movie. My dad liked the movie. That's not a good sign. It's a dad movie. It's a movie that's okay. How many times, like there's a reason that movie's in the $5 and under bin at Walmart. Like how many people are like, holy shit, I just shouldn't have smoked that shit and I'm watching American Hustle with my boys. Like what kind of fucking vibe is that? That is not the type of vibe I'm ever trying to be in. I don't know. David O'Russell is just a weird anomaly in Hollywood I feel like and especially for someone like like who loves the Oscars this the fact that David Russell had was in three like he had three movies nominated for best picture and two of the three were the fighter in American Hustle it makes Hollywood you've been sus but now you're even more sus with your nominations on that thank god none of those won except I mean Silver Lines Playbook came up it was a tough year but that movie was pretty good I'll give him that He's one for three, and he did Three Kings, I think, as well. Don't have any interest with his track record after those movies to even go back and visit that. So that's my whole David O. Russell rant real quickly. And we're going to move on to the next movie um, of my childhood uh, sequels. 
Anyway, so let's move on from Terminator 3 <laughs> to 2000, and we're talking about an extremely goofy movie. He's a son going off to college. Going already? See ya! Goodbye, my little college man. And going for the extreme adventure. Let's do it! <laughs> Until... Maxie! Ah! I'm just a yearning for some learning. Now, only on video. No! One goofy dad is about to learn how to groove. presents a movie that proves no matter how old you are you never stop learning that family comes first even if your dad is goofy dad you're scaring people an extremely goofy movie now on video i fucking love this movie this movie is so damn good and i feel like the first movie gets talked about more because of the pop star and guys fantasizing and thirsty, thirst following and dreaming about the one girl in that movie, which is fucking weird. Extremely goofy movie. It has it has the energy of a National Lampoon sort of like Van Wilder movie while also being something like a skater movie, like Lords of Dogtown type shit. I love extreme, extremely goofy movie. Max Goofy's son goes to college and what does goofy do he works in a fucking miserable um toy factory and like he's trying to put max through college and he gets fired and decides oh well unemployment's not gonna find a job for me because i only have a high school diploma so he goes to college where max is living it up he's going balls deep in skateboarding all the frats are trying to fucking get him inside their house he want they're giving him bids and stuff like that but he just wants to be on the espnu skateboarding tournament can't blame him there um, and you know, I kind of relate to Max in a way where like all the fraternities wanted you, but then you kind of go, eh, no thanks. You know, I don't want to say that was me. It was kind of me until I joined. I think in that previous neighbors two episode, you, everyone realized what fraternity I ended up joining, but I like Max goofy a lot. I, he's just so cool. He's all about the boarding. He's, he, you know, but then he like, he gets caught up in his own bullshit and he's like, you know, it's college life. I like movies that take place in college. As we talked about Neighbors 2, it's tough to find movies that that take place in college. But, like, when there's movies about college and, like, your main protagonist is going through his ups and downs and finding new friends and then remembering who his real friends are. Like, I like that stuff. It's It makes me relate really well um, to that character. And I love their fat friend who becomes a beatnik poet, a poet reader at, like, their local, like, beatnik club. Uh, if you don't know what a beatnik is, it's basically like just um, extreme poetry um, readings in a club or a bar. And like, man, that girl would literally fuck up my life and I would still. Life. Life is like a lime. It's tart and tangy. Sweet. Oh, so sublime. Quiet. Speechless like a mime. Bold and noisy like a crime. Don't you dare waste my time, cause life can stop! On a dime. She's wearing like that, that beret. That's like pronouncing, I think that's in France, you, France you pronounce that, beret. Um, and she's wearing all black and she's, she's uh, snapping. Yeah, like... Yeah, like I'm I'm not thirsting for that, but 
I am. Um, <laughs> extremely goofy movie I love. And then, like, you, it, it just makes fun of, like, the frats and stuff. And it has um, the voice of Brad Garrett, who was uh, in Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, he played Robert. He's in the movie. I don't know. I just, I just love an extremely goofy movie. It's just a movie that puts me in a really good vibe. And if you're really looking for good vibes, this is the kind of movie I think you should be watching. It's an extremely goofy movie. And when Goofy, we didn't even talk about Goofy, when he goes back to college, he's rocking an afro. He's milf chasing with the librarian, which I feel like the fetish of going after a librarian comes from. I feel like it's an extremely goofy movie. Um, but yeah, that's an, uh, that, that's another... I think that's why I'm like on this like weird stage of milf chasing. It's because I'm an extremely goofy. I watched it again recently. Still good as always. Don't worry. Um, and I was like, man, the librarian's pretty cute. Maybe even cuter than most of the the uh, college animals that are in this movie. <laughs> but also, we're not even talking. So I also rewatched um, 2007 Surfs Up, which is all about like surfing. Extremely goofy movies, all about skateboarding, and I love that. Like I'm not. I'm. I I used to skateboard a little as a kid, and then I got back into it in my adult ages. Like there were times when I lived in a studio apartment with my buddy Seth who's been on this podcast before we lived in a studio apartment um, for a half a year. We lived, we worked at a coffee shop that was literally five, like two minutes away. And like, I would skateboard there. Um, you know, like I was like 21 and I'd skateboard there. And I don't know, I just was really calm and relaxing. And then Jonah Hill put out, you know, mid nineties and then minded the gap from my hometown. That movie came out and it got a criterion release. I, like, I've not been a big skater in my life, but, like, there's been aspects of skating here and there that makes me relate to things a little bit more than I should. And I think that's really cool. So, yeah, an extremely goofy movie to usher in the new millennium. Gotta give it props. Oh, God. <laughs> so, the next movie. So, we've talked about Spy Kids 3D from 2003. We've talked about Terminator 3 from 2003. And then we've talked about Extremely Goofy Movie from 2000, Rocky 3 from 1982. I guess this was my favorite year as a kid. I don't know, probably because Return of the King swept the Oscars, but we're talking about one more 2003 film as my last of the five sequel movies that I, uh, I, I that are just part of my childhood that I loved. And that is 2003's American Wedding. <laughs> The invitations, the wedding bands, the flowers, the cake. But you can't have a wedding without the proposal. So, Michelle, I'm going to ask you something that I've never asked you before. Is it kinky? No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm you don't not. You have to be embarrassed. Michelle? Yo, Michelle, you can't do this here. I think you need to stop. Okay, keep going. Oh, my God. Michelle, seriously, now you should stop. Left, left, left. I made it. Ah! Where's Michelle? In the washroom? Huh? You know, I was so nervous she was going to spot me. I got the ring right here. Mm -hmm. Look at the rock on this baby, Mr. Big Spender. Hope you didn't blow your wad on it, son. Not yet. I wish your mother could be here right now. Not you that. And I know you're excited. I mean, I can see it. Your face looks like you're ready to burst. Yes, I am. I just can't believe my son's going to pop the question. What was that? What was what? Why don't you walk me to my no, car? No, no, Dad, 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 Dad,
Hello, dear. Dad. The ring. Michelle Annabeth Flaherty. Will you marry me? Yes. This bed is on fire. My son. You're cordially invited to join the family for another slice of American Pie. American Wedding. I'm the happiest man in the world. An American Wedding, starring Sean William Scott, Jason Biggs, Allison Hannigan. Um, an American Pie, uh, the franchise. The, I, I really just think about the trilogy because this is the third and last installment. Third installments of uh, franchise of I guess trilogies have a soft spot in my heart. Obviously, we've talked about briefly Terminator, uh, RoboCop three, Terminator three. We just mentioned um, Godfather three. We did an episode on with Lindsay. Uh, Super Cop, I highlight as one of my top five sequels I watched last year for the first time. Um, I just love the third installment. And Scream 3 is an amazing sequel, uh, third part of the movies, I guess, too. But American Wedding has a special place in my heart for a couple reasons. I, was, I wasn't really allowed to watch the American Pie movies, but I somehow ended up watching them. Not with my parents, because that'd be weird. But like I somehow watched them. Like on TV late at night. Like I'm, I have insomnia and I stay up late. Um, and like as a kid, I had the same thing. I would stay up late. And then like, you know, with my cousins, like they had cable. American Pie would be on TV. And I'd watch it. And it'd be it'd be funny. And there'd be things I'm confused about. And then uh, American Pie was always there for me when I needed it most. Like I like that first movie a lot. <laughs> the second one, I don't mem- remember much. But American Wedding has a special place. Because Stifler comes back from an absence because Jim and Michelle are getting married. Like, Jim and Michelle, like, remember a band camp? Remember a band camp, Michelle? She's with fucking Jim. She's, like, she's going to marry Jim finally. And I don't know, like, it was kind of, like, I didn't, I wasn't very attached to these characters. Like, Jason Biggs is cool and stuff for these American Pie movies. But, like, I wasn't, like, that in tune with them. I just always knew about them. And it's just like it's just an incredibly funny and stupid movie, uh, American Wedding. It's basically them getting getting you know married and like Jason Biggs is just hoping that Stifler who came back isn't gonna fuck up his wedding. Um, Stifler becomes one of the groomsmen. I remember there's fights about who's gonna be the best man, like how this thing's gonna go down, um, and bullshit like that. And like the. Th- thing that i remember most about this movie that makes it one of my top five sequels of my childhood is this one of my first ever i think it is the first ever x-rated movie i ever watched um i i watched the unrated version on dvd when i wasn't supposed to i snuck that shit and um the bachelor party scene in this movie yeah like if you've seen this movie you know (laughs) that's what fucking makes me remember this movie so much it was such a crazy bachelor party um it's very misogynistic i'm very very embarrassed to admit like i remember a lot of this movie because of that but um i can't help but laugh and think how stupid and funny this was like there was a point in my life where i thought bachelor parties would be i'd be like I'm going to be like Stifler. I'm going to host this badass bachelor party. Like, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so cool. The older I got, the more it crept coming to my mind. Yeah, I can't be doing this shit. Like, this is not going to be a good bachelor party. And uh, when I hosted a bachelor party for my buddy Daniel when he was getting married to Steph, 
it was nothing like that, like Stifler's at all. And it was, it was a very fun and, and very meaningful bachelor party. Um, but American Weddings bachelor party always stays in my mind. Not because I'm thinking about the grossness, but I'm just thinking this is my first ever X-rated movie. Like you ever think about like historical X-rated movies like Midnight Cowboy? I've seen that movie twice. I love Midnight Cowboy. It's a great movie. And that was X-rated. You know, like there's there's like those movies like where you're like, they're movies you weren't supposed to watch it. Then you watch them anyway. They kind of just stick with you for the rest of your life, you know? Like I'm pretty sure my first ever rated R movie was probably Alien, I want to say. I'm not quite sure. I, I want to say Alien might have been my first rated R. Um, Pulp Fiction was another rated R movie I remember watch, where I was watching. My dad was like, hey, like you can't let your brother and sister watch this movie with you. And I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> American Wedding. It's, uh, I don't know. It came out during that time of National Lampoon's fame, which I like the National Lampoon early movies. Like Animal House is eh, but like, you know, Family Vacation, I think European Vacation is actually better. Of course, as a sequel fan, I think European Vacation is better. Um, but an honorable mention goes to National Lampoon's Barely Legal, which I will highlight very quickly because it's a movie that has never left my mind. Um, it's a, it's about three high schoolers who, uh, decide to make a porno movie. <laughs> and, uh, though I've never done that, nor have I thought to ever do that. I don't know why, but that movie has always stayed with me. I think it's because like, I wasn't supposed to watch that movie and I somehow ended up watching it and like, yeah, oh <sighs> man. Yeah. The national lampoon movies are not good for your mental. It's, uh, it makes you very, it makes you feel gross. And maybe that's why nobody listens to this podcast because they feel gross listening to me talk. Um, anyway, but yeah, these have been the top five sequel movies of my childhood that I remember most and I like. And um, it's our replacement to end this month. Again, if you thank you all for voting for this, this was fun to visit through memory lane. I hope it was enjoy. I hope it was enjoyable for you because uh, it was pretty miserable for me. Um, because like I had to talk about my childhood a little bit and everybody thinks of me as like this loser virgin who like watched these movies with nudity and like watched Disney movies growing up and stuff like that. I totally get it. Roast me in the comments. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and I hope you're excited for our uh, this coming month of August lineup. I'm very excited for the guests we have on for the movies. I think it's going to be really good. And uh, if you actually enjoy this podcast, please um, retweet it, share it with your friends. Um yeah, feel free to DM me what you thought of it. And like, you know, just if you have, ever want to be in this show, don't forget to email us at uh, sequelpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well, at sequelpod um, as well. You can follow me, Chris. I'm at hertastic underscore Chris. Sorry, the vodka is really going to my brain. I'm going to pass out in a minute. Cinema drunkie, I, 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 I hope you enjoyed this. This one's for you, man. I hope you also all enjoy this episode and I hope to see you in the next one as well. And remember, if you aren't defending movies you watch as a child now as an adult, do you really care about cinema? Anyway, we'll see you next time.